Uh, guys, it's nice to have you back. Um, I'm very glad here to have a great guest uh, and uh, Jordan Henderson. And I'm going to be introducing him as a great YouTuber, great leader in the manosphere. And uh, we're going to be hearing from him. Uh, before we start hearing from him, I'd like to, uh, this is episode 17 of the Dominant Man podcast. Uh, my name is Coach Moja, and uh, I help men to identify and live their dreams. A little bit about myself, I'm a hyperpolyglot who speaks eight languages. I have a bachelor's degree in mathematics. Um, I'm a professional chess player, that's where my dream is in the area of chess. I'm a professional chess player who's in the top 10% of chess players worldwide. And my job really, I work as a live your dream coach. And what I do is I help men to identify and live their dreams. And today I'm very excited because we have a great guest on the show. Uh, Jordan Henderson is going to talk to us about female nature, the problems facing men, how you can achieve your dream as a man and succeed in life. So he's the host of the Jordan Henderson podcast, uh, sorry, YouTube channel. I don't think you have a podcast yet, but you have a good voice for a podcast. So anyways, you're the host of uh, the Jordan Henderson uh, YouTube channel. So I'll be adding an, a description of that in the episode, but you didn't come here to hear about me. Uh, so let's get to our great guest, Jordan. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's nice to have you on. So you're calling from England, right? Where in England? So I'm from the south of England and um, sort of south England and um, yeah, south England, United Kingdom. And um, it's great to be here. I actually checked out one of your videos. It was where you were talking about how feet women kill your dreams. I watched that video, a uh, minute video. I watched that all the way through. Very good, very informative. And um, yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, did you want to ask me something to start off with? Or, um, yes, of course, of course. That? Yeah, so yeah, one of the things I liked, thanks for watching my video. So one of the things I liked about you, I was mentioning this before, but for my guys, uh, one thing I like about Jordan is that he's very uh, logical, systematic in his thinking, which I always enjoy. So, uh, yeah, but before we get into, you know, the details, your great ideas, my guys would like to know a little bit about you. Who are you? Uh, tell us a bit about your story. How did you suddenly start working with, uh, with men and how long have you been doing it? So I'm 27 years old. Obviously, I'm from England and, and it kind of just occurred because I've always kind of known about women. I've always known about female nature from a very young age, but I kind of got talked out of it a bit. So I remember when I was 14 years old, I was with one of my friends and I said, women are all the same, aren't they? And then he's like, oh, not all women are like that. And I kind of got talked out of it, but I kind of, kind of knew, I kind of realized at that point after having a few, I have after having a certain deal with a woman. And then I kind of just went along with it, just go game with women and whatever. And I wouldn't say I believe the equality thing, but I kind of didn't challenge it so much. And then at about age 20, around 20, a bit older than 20, I had a um, situation with a woman. And um, you could say, you know, I liked her and it went wrong and you know, you know how it goes. And um, I started going online, you know, just like how a lot of men probably do, you know, go online, see what's going on. And it started off with like dating coaches and things like that. But then I just by chance came across a MGTOW channel and um, I just kept watching the videos. It, it, it came across that it was very different from the dating coaching videos. And I could just feel it was different. It wasn't just like, because I feel with dating coaches, they tell you the truth about female nature, but they do it in a way that is trying to get you to be with a woman because obviously they profit from you having problems with women yeah. and they don't profit from you not talking to women. So it's all, they tell you some truths about female nature, but it's all orientated towards you interacting with women. Whereas with the MGTOW content, I noticed maybe it's not so much orientated towards you getting with women, but it's more orientated towards you doing what you want to do. You know, if you want to get with women, get with women. If you want to do your own thing, if you don't want to get with women, that's fine too. 
and then obviously teaching about female nature because I think as a man now you need to know about female nature because in the past I mean you should always know about female nature what I'm saying is in the past there were laws protecting men from the dangers of female nature in England anyway or in the west so women didn't get much out of the divorce and they didn't get much with regards to resources or provision or I'm, I'm guessing the children stayed with the father but as the laws have changed men stand a lot to lose so it's very important obviously it's always important to know about female nature it's very important to learn about female nature because so much can go wrong and i think a lot of men only find that out when it's when it's already happening to them so migtow talks about female nature and i just kept watching the videos i came across um sandman i don't know if you know sandman yes it's, i know him sandman um, yeah, yeah, yeah interesting guy and i just kept watching I just kept watching his videos. This is like 2015. I just kept watching and watching and watching and just listening to this. I could literally listen to that guy's videos every day. I was just listening to it. Um, and then, boy, I was just learning things. And to be honest with you, some things I kind of already knew, but he put it into words, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, that from there, I didn't produce any content um, straight away, but then, and eventually I did start to produce some content under a channel called Men's Business. And it kind of just changed from then. And I eventually just started showing my face. I didn't show my face at first and I started showing my face and um, just went on from there. Yeah. Did you get into, tr into trouble as a result of showing your face? Well, I think, you know, nah, not really. Um, I mean, I feel like you should kind of, what, what's the way of saying it? I feel like you should, if you're going to say something, um, you should like be prepared to sort of like not be afraid to show who's saying it. So if it's like if you're going to say something, but you're going to hide. And I'm not, I'm not going anything against people who do that. You never know. What if a guy wants to assist other men in their lives, but he's in a difficult predicament? Like he's got wife, kids, and he's just found out about female nature. Right. You know, that's a difficult situation. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing men who don't show their face but for me i think I, you know i want to show my face and here's the thing if you're a guy and you're not showing your face and you've got a job and wife kids whatever and and, and you've got a youtube channel and then someone finds out that it's you that can go wrong whereas here people might not like me for doing what i do but you can never expose me for like you can't expose me and say oh look you tried to hide his, himself now nah, i'm here you know what i mean yeah, you exposed yourself already. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it reminds me of, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just reminds me of something from, you know, you know, Tom Likas? I've heard of him. He, he was around a long time ago, isn't it? Yes, yes. He should be one of the first people, I think, who were creating red pill con content a while back. Very entertaining. He's the one who began to open mm -hmm. my eyes. But uh, yeah, usually women, you know, he was fat, right? So women would, uh, Kind of when you talk about women that that kind of say, but you're not even that attractive. So he was a millionaire and he had many women around him. And so women would try to, you know, take jabs at him. Right. So before they even try to attack him, he says, yes, I know um, I, I have a face for radio. What else have you got for me? You know, it just because he preempted the attack, uh, it wasn't as serious anymore. You know, so it's the same thing. If they come after you now, well, it's kind of, it's not as effective to expose you. You're already exposed. I mean, do something worse, you know. Exactly. you got to stand by what you say. Uh, but again, I do understand different people have different circumstances. So, you know, everyone's got a different situation. But I do feel that if you're going to prepare, if you're going to be prepared to say something, you've got to be prepared to say, like, look, it was me who said that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was also thinking about, so when I started, right, so... I mean, I, I do work in chess. I spend my time working on chess, but I decided one thing I like is helping men. So I was thinking, but I was you know, kind of worried, you know, making this type of content is going to create lots of enemies, might tarnish my image or ruin my chess career as I build it, right? Uh, but then I was like, uh, I have to be myself. I have to say what I think. I can't spend my life pretending just to please people, you know, saying what they want to hear and so on. I'm kind of past all that nonsense. So I began to just, 
I started and just started speaking my mind, speaking my thoughts without having to censor them. Especially in the US, I had to censor my thoughts so much just to please people, not offend anybody. It, it is just a miserable way to live, especially for a man, it's terrible not to be able to say what you, you don't feel like a man when you can't say what you, what you think. Exactly. And we're living in times where, you know, I think humans, I mean, this is going into human behavior and away from female nature a bit, but humans in general are over 90% of followers. Um, and over 90% of those humans will do what they've been asked to do or give out the ideology that they're expected to say in order to receive resources, social validation and what have you. But the real test of character, in my opinion, is someone who's prepared to lose out on those resources or lose out on so-called benefits to believe and stand for what you believe in. Because that, in, in all honesty, is a masculine trait. You're actually putting yourself, as you sort of alluded to, in the feminine role when you become passive and just go with what the majority say just for you know, the validation, social, social validation, acceptance and resources. It's a choice you have to make in life. I suppose, you know, we're here for a short time. You know, if you think about the Earth's history, think how old are we going to be? Maybe anywhere between 70 to 90 or if you're lucky, 100, maybe that's a short period. You're not really alive for long. So what are you going to stand for? What are you going to be remembered for? Are you going to be that guy that collected the paycheck and shut his mouth? Or are you going to be that guy that stood up for what you believed in? All right. That's my opinion. Though. You got a choice you've got to make. I know, um, I like that. So I do have a question for you, right? So I know what you're talking about. It's a, it's like a mental transition, right? It's, uh, I mean, the way I say it is like certain people are online and others are offline. Most people are offline. Then a few people are online. <laughs> they're kind of like they're awake, right? You could see this person is like somebody who takes initiative, somebody who takes control. Uh, people, it's almost like they're the leader. It's kind of, you know, there's certain people who move the race forward, like the human race forward. A few people in history like this, or even in our times. And sometimes you can see it from an early stage just by somebody's character, right? Like, like I had a buddy in college, he was not like any other people I knew, just there's something about him. You know, he's a, he's a leader, he's, he's, he's online, all I could say. And usually that switch happens for people at some point. Uh, I mean, and what we're wondering about is one, how do you turn on the switch in somebody? Because I've tried doing it. It's not easy to try and do such a thing, to just get somebody to go from being a passive follower to suddenly being in control, taking initiative, making things happen. How does, uh, first of all, when did that switch happen for you? Or was it always on? I've always been someone that's questioned, um, questioned society, questioned the norm. I've always questioned things and I've always made my own mind up about things. Um, I think that a lot of it is to do with circumstance and a lot of it is to do with biological hardwiring. That's just the way that you're genetically hardwired. Hmm. I think some people are predisposed to being more passive and more followers, more of a follower type person. And I think a smaller, uh, a smaller amount of people are predisposed to thinking for themselves, questioning the norm. And I also think that circumstances can often either activate what you're talking about, make you become aware or online, as you said. And then I think um, that can often be the turning point for some people. So if you're asking how can you change someone from being offline to online, or some people may say blue pill to red pill, I think sometimes it actually has to be something that happens to them in their life. So if you go up to, so for example, I'll tell you, I've tried to sort of give people information about female nature, or at least one person I can think of. And every time he just reverted back, like he, he would always agree with me when we were there, like when it was just me and him. And then he'd go off and do the same thing. Um, because obviously I'm one person, but society is like a mass of people. So when he's around society, he's going to go back to his blue pill ways. But when he was with me, he was actually seemed to be taken in while saying, I think something has to actually happen to some people before they actually change, if that makes sense. So say you've got a guy who's, he thinks women are equal to men, women are the same as men, and, you know, um, masculinity in the past was terrible and this and that. 
And then it would probably take for him to have an experience with a woman. And then I think that's the best time for you to go and talk to him when something actually happens, because then he's going to realize this woman behaved like this. And then you can say, yeah, because of this and this and that. And now I think that's when people be more receptive. If you approach a man when he, things are going well, when he's got a woman and he's you know, maybe just been married, he's got some kids and, and she, he hasn't re- she, she hasn't shown him that side, that nature yet. He ain't going to listen to you. He won't listen to you. It's when something happens because humans are more emotional and logical, in my opinion. So if you want to change someone in short, either you can try and talk to them and see, tell them a little bit, see how they react to it, because then you'll see if they're receptive. Otherwise, it may just be a case of something has to happen to them and then they'll come to you and then you can explain it. But then there's also, thirdly, uh, I think that there's some people who would just never get it because that's just the way they are. They just won't get it. They're just um, destined to be followers and there's nothing you can do. There's always going to be leaders and there's always going to be followers. Some people are just going to be followers. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So this, this is interesting about, uh, so what you just mentioned about leaders and followers. So... No, I mean, there's once I was thinking about this concept, right? So before I used to think in terms of leadership, there's going to be somebody who's going to lead and then others are going to follow. Then I discovered that, interestingly, it's possible to have an organization where everybody's a leader. But here's what I mean. Not that everybody's a CEO, of course not. That's bullshit, right? Uh, But what I mean is that... um, Basically, leadership, but not over people, more in an area. For example, Michael Jordan is a leader, not necessarily over people, but he's a leader in his own area, basketball, right? Some branch of basketball, right? If you look at maybe certain people who played on the same team as him, like um, this guy, Dennis Rodman, great rebounder. He was a leader in the area of rebounding, right? So imagine this, right? An organization where there are many people. There's a CEO, he's a leader in his own domain as a CEO, there's certain stuff he needs to do. And then he's got a secretary and the secretary is a leader in her own domain. She has the attitude of a leader in her own domain, the job of a secretary, coordinating things. And then there's a guy who gets into the office and his job is to sweep the floor, but he has the mentality of a leader in his job as the cleaner. So he takes charge of things. If something breaks down, he takes responsibility for it, he fixes it. He makes suggestions of how to improve stuff. It, it's actually like, I mean, one, one day it hit me that if you could get even 10% of the population, let's say just 10% of men, right? And you just somehow turn the switch on and you, you, you put them online and they suddenly became leaders in their own domain. My goodness, society would just change in a dramatic way. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, sort of getting people to take ownership of their own life or be leaders in their own area. I think, and I've heard, I've actually read about something similar. I don't know if you know Coach Corey Wayne. Have you heard of him? No, I have not. Um, he's a dating coach. However, he does actually give some good advice. Um, Sorry, one he moment. Talks about people. Give me a minute. A minute. Let me. I need no to turn, turn something off. All right, we're good to go. No worries, mate. So I think um, Coach Corey Rain, he discussed something similar, people taking leadership of their own lives and people being leaders. Unfortunately, I honestly, with my assessment of human behavior, I honestly believe that most people are biologically predisposed to be followers. I feel like there will always be more followers than leaders. There can't be more leaders than followers. I feel that's just the... um, dynamic in in biology and i think that it's unfortunate um i just think that's the way it is if you just look at the way um things are set up even in a society the people who have the most power are the few and the many are those without power i just it's a good idea what you're saying i just think unfortunately people just don't 
I feel like you're born, I feel like you can develop certain things, but I feel like true leadership may be something that I think it's probably something you're born with. So for example, the way that you think and the way that you question things and the way like, for example, the way that you are coming out and doing these videos and showing your face despite the, re the repercussions that could have on maybe your career, a lot of men just won't do that. A lot of men just won't do that. Um, they might talk a good game, but when push comes to shove, are you going to do this? A lot of people, they shy away. Of course not. Um, yeah. They shy away. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people like the idea of being a leader. I think they like the idea of it. But when it comes down to actually the sacrifices, the the, um, the choices, um, like you spoke in your video about, you know, chasing your dreams in that video, you spoke about living in your friend's basement or um, bedroom, I believe it was, or sofa, you talked about um, having to downsize and live somewhere small and things like that. A lot of people are not prepared to put themselves through those hardships. And that's all, all of that is the attributes of a leader. It's very unfortunate, but most humans look for the easy way out. They really do. They look for the easy life. And that's why they get taken advantage of. And that's why they are followers, because they're not prepared to do the things that leaders are prepared to do to um, get things going. Um, the studying, you spoke about studying in your video as well. A lot of people just want to do the very basic. They want to go to work. They want to be told what to do at work. They want to go home. They want to have, they want to put their feet up. They want to, you know, watch a movie, order a takeaway, lie on the sofa, wake up and then do the same old thing again, go drinking in the weekend. You know, this is what a lot of people are like. So it's very hard to get people who think like that to become leaders it's a shame it's a yeah, real yeah, shame it's, but it's, it's certainly most people difficult think like you yes most people don't think like you or me they just don't yeah. that you, and they just it's i think it's genetic hardwiring mm. um yeah so like me i get uh, yes I was just saying, like me, I'm an I, I'm someone who likes to get up early. I'm someone that likes to. You said eight hours a week. I probably do more than that. Like, Good. it's just like, it's just crazy. Sometimes I get up at like five in the morning, go to bed maybe about like half ten, try and get up early the next day. It's just most people they ain't trying to do that. They're trying to get up like just before they have to go to work. Mm. They're trying to go to bed at like two in the morning after watching films or having sex. Like, uh, you know, they're not prepared to like not have then like me, I don't masturbate. Like, I, know, I know that's a random thing to say, but that's another thing that's spoken about. Like, no, I don't know if you heard no fat and things like that. I've heard of it. Um, yes. Yeah, like it's hard. Like I used to find that hard. Like I, now I haven't done it in over a year. Like, and you know, with semen retention, discipline, a lot of men are not prepared to go through those types of things to actually resist their biological like you know when your body wants to release like these are the things that certain people just cannot do um it's a shame it's a shame but it's the truth mm -hmm. all right so i think you and i you place more emphasis on uh you place a lot of emphasis on the genetic programming which is huge so i think you and i have like different uh, like our view on the percentages is different so you're saying in terms of like leadership or taking charge of your life, it's mostly genetic, uh, which which there is a uh, genetic component. A bit I place, maybe a bit I place too much. I place too much importance on environment. So like if you ask me the proportion that say ten percent genetics, ninety percent environment, so that for. Do you want me to elaborate further, or I, I don't know? I'm I'm just thinking about it now. To explain. No, it's cool to have cool to think about it. What I would say is mm. that the genetic potential needs to be there. So you can have people who will change in an environmental situation, but if the genetic potential for someone to become a leader isn't there, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I know people who will just—they're just not leaders; they're followers, and there's no way you could get them to change it's just not the way they think like if you put someone in a room and you put someone else in the room and you give them a set of the same set of circumstances in different rooms they will come up with different solutions with the same thing because obviously we're all 
we're all subjective and we all perceive things we all perceive the same thing differently um mm. you know that you're an intelligent guy um in my opinion you can get someone to change into more of a leader into more of a leader but the potential for them to actually become a leader has to be there present that like has to already be present you can't i don't think you can change someone who's already predisposed to be a follower i think you can get someone who is a follower who has the potential to be a leader because of the genetic hardware so i wouldn't i it, it's com the universe is very complicated so it's it's the universe is very complicated so it's just one of those one of those things i don't know how it's 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 crazy it, there is an environmental element to it but i also think there's a genetic element and i don't think you can get someone who has no genetic potential to be a leader to be a leader yeah I yeah no i i don't mean no genetic potential obviously right so for example imagine somebody has brain damage right like a man with brain damage then what can you do for him you know um of course my pers my perspective is i mean because okay i guess it's just a view on leadership so for example I view leadership as a mentality, right? It's just a way of thinking. Like, it's, it's not even so much intelligence. Like, there are certain people who are leaders and uh, they're not that, like, they're not intellectually smart, not really. Let me see if I can think of an example off the top of my head. Chris? Sorry? Yeah. Like, um, that's, that's true. Yeah, before, like, at the beginning, I used to think, well, you know, what makes one man a leader and another one not a leader? Why, why do some people make things happen and others don't? And I was thinking, well, obviously, you have to be very intellectually smart. But then I find that there are certain people who are leaders, and I listen to them speak. Obviously, you know, he's a leader. It's, it's somebody you naturally want to listen to. You, you have a tremendous respect for the guy. But I listen to him speak, and I'm like, hmm. This guy is definitely not as intellectually smart as most people, as intellectually smart as I am. And yet he's in charge of things, right? So then later I realized it's, it's uh, for example, right? Um, go to a university situation, right? You're gonna find a lot of professors with PhDs, maybe as two or three PhDs, who knows? And yet the guy is not really a leader, right? He's still, the guy who's leading him is maybe the head of the university. And he maybe doesn't have a degree, never, maybe, maybe he has a degree, but he never got a PhD and so on. Right? He's leading people that are way smarter than him. So his leadership is coming from something beyond intelligence. And later I thought about it and I thought it's, it's just like, there's a certain mentality. It's like, there's a certain belief system, which if you like take it on, actually makes you a leader. It's just like a certain way of thinking. And it's not so complicated too. Right. It starts with, for example, self-esteem, responsibility. That's like the foundation. Right? Like the first thing you do to become a leader is to take responsibility. Everything is my fault. And that's not so much intelligence, but it's not intellectual smarts, but it is, um, I don't know how to put it. Uh, it, may, it takes courage. So you're right. Most people are not courageous in that sense. You made some good points there. Um, what I would say also is that you obviously, in fact, one interesting thing you said, some people are leaders, um, but they don't seem to be as intelligent as those who are being led. So you've got a leader, not as intelligent, and then a follower who seems to have more um, thinking capacity and more intelligence. I think the reason for that may be because people skills, speaking skills, one of the reasons if you have a presence people skills and speaking skills if you don't have good speaking skills and you don't because your speaking skills is what's going to make you come across well to people Expression, yeah. um you know if you i know people you know there are some people who are intelligent but they couldn't come on a video here and, and communicate across the um, thoughts that they have and therefore they would not be taken as a leader. Whereas someone may be good at speaking, but hasn't got the um, thinking capacity to work out problems like maths, like you do, or chess or wherever it may be. Mm. I think if you haven't got the speaking skills, you're not gonna really be a good leader necessarily. If you haven't got the people skills to get people in a room working together, then you're not gonna be a good leader. And, I also think that the presence as well, 
the presence of a leader. You get intelligent people who are very timid. You know, they um, they put their shoulders inwards like this. They fold their arms, um, which is obviously a defensive position. Um, or they um, avoid eye contact. These are all, these are some things you can teach, actually. Um, whereas if you have a presence, you're going to maintain eye contact. You're going to come across well. Um, you're going to be more open, shoulders open, you know, because obviously if you're, if you want people to receive you, you can't be a closed book. You've got to be open. Um, these are things, you know, presence, people skills, communication. You might get someone who could work out math, mathematical problems, physics, science, but they lack the people skills and they lack the communication to put across their intelligence, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe let's switch a little and I'm going to ask you about feminism, right? So wait, but before we get to that, I do have some stuff to say to the guys. So, by the way, uh, just uh, just to remind you guys, right, for a limited time only, I'm offering a free Live Your Dream Now coaching session. It's a 30 minute coaching session. I'll work with you personally to attain three objectives. One, get a crystal clear vision of your dream or at least make progress towards it. Identify what's stopping you from living your dream. It might not be what you think. You leave the session renewed, re-energized, inspired to finally achieve your dream. So you just shoot me an email if you want to take advantage of that. Yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a chess professional, so my time is very limited. I work all the freaking time, uh, just like Jordan here. So uh, be sure to shoot me an email uh, and be quick about it, because otherwise I'll really not have time for it. And uh, the email is in the description of this episode. And let's get back to Jordan. So Jordan, uh, my question is this, right? With regard to feminism, like where do you think it like, what factors brought it about? This fucked up mindset that's messing everything up. Feminism, what brought that about is yeah. the cycle of um, the cycle of the species. The species goes through certain cycles. First, you have a society that is in its early stages and it's scarce. So resources are scarce. You don't know where your next meal is coming from. There's a lack of resources. And in that situation, women do not, do not take a, a, a dominant role in that society because the work that is required in a basic early stage society is physical. The work is physical. Hunting, um, carrying heavy... Um, heavy, heavy loads of water, fighting off enemy tribes. This is a very physical world. And in that society, women are not going to try and be feminists. They're going to know their role, which is child, obviously nurturing and childbearing. Nothing's going to happen in that society with regards to feminism. Then that society starts to develop a bit. The society is safer. You're not so much worried about where your next meal is coming from work becomes easy so maybe it's not hunting wild animals but it's sitting in an office and then the women start to come out and say hold on a minute you know we're equal you know we're the same as you why can't we work why can't we do this but they never said that in an early stage society when work was hunting wild animals or fighting wars you know going out to sea in early boats not knowing if the boat was going to sink or um you know, fighting off enemy tribes, women didn't protest in those days. But when a society becomes safer, safer and there's um, abundance in that society, that is when women come out and start saying they want equality, they want to be able to do this, they want to be able to do that. And the reason this tends to happen is, I mean, there's a number of things. One thing I will say is that the men get softer as a society go as a society progresses because the need for masculinity for actual survival could be seen as maybe not as necessary because you couldn't be a feminine emotional man in an early stage society where there's no technology because you would just not survive. Yeah. Whereas now you can't. You're not gonna. You're still gonna be taken advantage of, but you're not necessarily gonna die. So men back then were stronger but as things have got safer men have become softer and you know simultaneous to men becoming softer women have become harder 
um, because they're not as soft and feminine and they become more aggressive and the men have just sort of let the women, you know, roll over. Um, so that's that's where feminism occurs. You know, ancient Rome had feminism. You know, ancient Rome had the same. No, expl- actually, yeah, explain that to me because, right, right. So they mentioned that one of the, the reasons why Rome fell, because essentially what you're saying is that feminism <laughs> comes up or this uh, girl power stuff comes up under soft conditions. And I think Rome had become very soft because it was prosperous. Right? But t- tell me more. <laughs> they had feminism. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if it was called feminism, but they had something very similar to feminism. Um, ancient Rome, they um, obviously established an empire. You know, they had um, Britain or Britannia. They had Italy, Italia. They had, I think, part of Syria. They had Egypt, which they called Egypticus. And then they had more than that as well, more than that. I, don't, I can't remember everything, but they established an empire. And once that empire was strong, obviously that means an abundance of resources. So they actually had more technology, I think, in ancient Rome than in the Middle Ages in in Europe. Um, Ancient Rome was very, very um, technologically advanced. They had um, double glazed windows, which got forgotten about and reinvented in the future. They they were very advanced, um, ancient Rome. And because it became a point where there was abundance. Whenever there's abundance, there tends to be complacency. And then obviously the men probably got soft and the women then decided they wanted to have a more dominant role in society. So I think women owning property, women, um, I think they started to sleep with gladiators. Um, And women, I think they um, were able to divorce their husbands. Um, and essentially it's the same thing. I mean, it's slightly different times, but it was the same sort of concept that women, um, as, as a society moved to a point of relative abundance, women started to come out and ask for equality. And because there was relative abundance, men were not as strong as in an early stage society. And it happened. Um, I don't know if um, feminism or something like feminism was the the cause of ancient Rome failing or falling, but I know it happened very, very close to when ancient Rome obviously um, lost its empire. So it happened then, it's happening now, and um, let's see what happens because I don't think the West is in as strong a position as it was before. No, no, Um, no. So let's see. Right. It's it's, it's not possible, right? That's the thing. Um... One of the one of the people I admired a lot was uh, a guy called Miles Monroe. He was a, he was a preacher from the Bahamas. He died a couple of years ago, plane crash. But I mean, very smart guy, very very smart guy. So um, yeah, one of the things he was talking about. So he used to travel. I I saw him traveling to Africa and third world countries. And talking about how uh, basically uh, kind of we're the future, we're the next superpower. So I thought uh, the, the first time I heard this, I was like, come on, man. Because they would go to Ghana and say, yeah, you guys are the next superpower. You got to prepare and so on. You got to show the world the way. So I'm like, yeah, of course, this is bullshit, man. Uh, look, look at how technologically advanced Europe, America is, right? These, these places are, I mean, for us to cut, they're like light years ahead of us just meaning very far ahead, right? So like when I took a, for example, I'll give you an example. When I, when I took a flight, I'd, I'd gone to America and studied for five years. I'd forgotten a lot about how Africa was like. When I took a plane back, and I never used to travel back much. When I took a plane back and landed in Uganda, Entebbe Airport, I felt like I was moving back in time. Right? It's just like you just noticed the technological uh, it's like you're moving back into the 50s or something like this. Just the, the difference, the gap in technology is tremendous. So I was like, how can you really claim that then these African countries are the future, right? And then later I thought about it more and I began to see because the Western countries are basically destroying the man. And the man is the foundation of uh, basically the, the, the society like in, the, in Europe, the U.S., um, the UK was built by men. If you destroy men, the entire society uh, collapses. Now I began right. to understand why it might make sense. 
the, the society might actually destroy itself, unfortunately. Like Rome, right? Just empires rise and fall, which is unfortunate because I really, I like a lot of stuff about the Western world. Especially democracy, history. freedom of thought. I love that. I mean, history repeats itself. Yes. You know, history always repeats itself. Things happen in cycles. And, and this is what this is what's going to go on. You know, humans don't really learn from their mistakes. They remember for a few generations. And then because they haven't got the power of people, at, the power of thought, people remembering the mistakes and why they shouldn't be repeated. Those people died and the mistakes um, repeat themselves. So unfortunately, you know, nothing. But then at the same time, a universal concept is the fact that nothing lasts forever. So the West can't last forever. Everything has, has its time and then time moves on. So I think that it's very, very plausible that Africa could have its time. Who knows? But one thing's for sure, the West is not going to remain in any sort of dominance forever. Um, whether it's feminism that causes that, I don't know. Whether feminism is simply a symptom of a failing society, that could be the case. Um, the man is definitely being attacked at the moment. So, um, and that's never good. That can often mean the end of a society. Um, just bear me one moment. I think there might be something going on downstairs. I might need to get the door for someone. Sure. And then I'll be yeah. back in a second. All right. No worries. No worries. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Guys, you're having, uh, as you can notice, we're having a lot of fun with Jordan Henderson. I, I promised you guys is a, uh, He's a deep thinker, you know, he thinks, he thinks for himself, goes deep into issues. Uh, yeah, it's rare to find people who think, unfortunately, right? That's why he's saying that uh, it's pretty much genetic and uh, yeah, just people who don't have the genes for it are not going to really be able to make it. And I can see his point, right? Because it's very rare to find uh, people who think deeply about stuff. And um, as a man, you don't have a choice. You must think. Look, women don't have to think. I mean, they can think it's great, but they don't have to. The reason they don't have to is because they're gonna find a man who thinks. Imagine that I'm a woman who doesn't think at all. I just do whatever I feel like doing. So I'm just purely emotional, right? And I marry some guy who's very rational, well-educated, deep thinker, like let's say Jordan here, right? Then the woman will be perfectly fine, right? She'll be perfectly fine. Uh, and she'll have, uh, and, and she should I mean she'll have a financially rich life because the man is making smart financial decisions, right? So she doesn't have to be rational. It's not necessary for women to become rational, but for men, it's an absolute necessity. And Jordan is kind of helping, uh, you, as you can see. Yeah. You know, when you, when you went off, I was just talking to them. Yeah, about how it's important for us as men to think for ourselves the way you're doing because women have a choice we do not, right? They can marry some rational guy, but it's a different story. Uh, are you still there? One. Okay, good. Stop you being taken advantage of. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now, yeah. I think that it's important for men to think for themselves because it stops you being taken advantage of in many instances. Also, you don't want to just live your life going for whatever people think and going along with that whatever people think because you're not really going to be a person of strength and a person of individual thought. Individual thought is extremely important and you're not going to be a person of individual thought if you're always going along with whatever people think. Um, also, if you go along with whatever, if you just go along with what everyone else thinks and people run into an instance of trouble. Um, so for example, if you look at Germany, Nazi Germany, um, if you look at people who would have claimed they were just doing their job, well, that might not have saved them in the Nuremberg, in, in the trials, you know, they might still be sentenced to death. So if you can look at a situation if you think, if you don't just go along with it, if you look at a situation with your own assessment and you say, this is wrong, you know, this is wrong. Uh, I'm not talking about Nazi Germany, any situation, analyze it, say, I think this is wrong. Everyone's going along with it, but I think it's wrong. You can say, do you know what? I'm not going to go along with that. I'm going to step, I'm going to step back. I suggest you do the same thing you've made your own assessment, it could save your life. 
honestly, to save your life, true, true. thinking to yourself. Yes, yes, it could. In fact, that's right. And uh, I mean, even in just more, one thing I discovered over time is that uh, most people's views about the world are not the result of deep thought. They're result of ideas inherited from their parents and their parents inherited them from their grandparents. You might be inheriting a lot of bullshit from generations ago, right? And typically, I mean, about many things, like if you really study success and think about success, or what it means to be a man, or what it means to be a woman, almost inevitably, you're going to find that the truth is the opposite of what has been uh, sold to you. And sometimes people are selling it maliciously, and sometimes they just don't know. So if you don't think for yourself, you're not going to penetrate to the truth. And if you're not living in the truth, man, then you're going to make bad decisions, and you're not going to get good results, like the vast majority of the population, right? In my mind, average, is medi average and mediocre are synonyms. So, I think um, average is really something that you want to avoid. Um, yes. The average holds the weight of the, you know, average, being average is just, it's almost admitting, I, 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 there's just something about average I don't like. You know, if it, I, can, I can take a loss because I can learn from it, but being average, you don't win or lose, you're just there, like, um you know it's just i just can't you know there's something about average that just that just ain't right i think you just have to think for yourself i think you need to aim for what you want to aim for um don't just um go along with whatever people think because you want social acceptance um and you want to um gain resources because as i say you're, you're only on this earth for a short amount of time um you don't want to be you know you don't want to be that guy that just went along with everything that everyone else said you won't have enjoyed your life you might have a few you might have some more money in your pocket but there's things that are more important than money money blows out the wind i mean money is not money is not solid people think money's solid it's not solid because it, if money was solid it wouldn't change all the time it's all currency is changing every second the value of things are changing every second money is constantly moving the value is constantly changing, but your values don't need to change unless there's a good reason for you to change your values. You don't need to change your values. Um, you know, you can you can have values and say, Do you know what, I'm going to change that because of this reason and that reason. But if you don't have values and you're just going along with what everyone else says, then you're not going to stand for anything. And if you're a man that doesn't stand for anything, then you are basically in a feminine role. That is a feminine position to find yourself in. Yes. Someone who doesn't go many values. Women don't, women just go along with the power. Um, very rarely do you see a woman actually standing up for what she believes in against the majority, risking social ostracization, risk, risking exclusion. You rarely see women doing that. It's mainly men. Yeah. So, yeah. correct. I think you've got to stand up for what you believe in. And I think that you should always aim for this, always aim to be the best you can be. Oh, of course, of course. I like, I, I like what you're talking about taking a stand. This is one of the, this is like one of the things about being a man that is good. If I haven't talked about it yet in the podcast, I, I will definitely, but the, the will, right? So one of the discoveries is that one of the greatest gifts the human was given, the man was given in particular was the will, the ability to, accept one thing, reject another, and stick to a particular thing. This allows you to concentrate. And all of success is just concentration. So this, but as a man in particular, you gotta do this. Uh, you need to exercise the will that you're given, right? You have your own ideas about certain stuff and you stick to it no matter what. Right? Like all the great leaders in history, one of the things we admire them for is that strength of character. They stuck to certain ideas, like, I mean, whether you believe in Christianity or not, or Jesus Christ or not, is irrelevant. But I mean, you gotta respect a man who is willing to die for his belief. I watched a movie, right, of Jesus. So Jesus has been called to Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate, he's been beaten up. They put a crown of thorns on his head, right? So they ask him, "Are you the Messiah? Right? Are you the Son of God?" And in that moment, you know, Jesus looks at him and he knows that if he says, "No, I am not." They're going to let him go, 
right? He looks at him and says, yes, I am the Messiah, the son of God. And in so doing, signs his own death warrant, right? Now he gets beaten up, he gets taken to a cross, nailed, spat on, and he dies there. But that's kind of the, an extreme expression of the, what a man is. You have certain principles and you're willing to give your life for them, basically. That's, which is exactly what you're saying, just different form perhaps, yeah. Now, Jesus Christ was a great man. Hmm. And um, at the end of the day, you know, we can't, we can't necessarily, we might not necessarily be as great as Jesus was, but we can look at the stuff that Jesus taught and we can try and apply that to our lives as best we can. Um, I'm going to have to round up here. Hmm. Um, is there anything that you wanted to ask me before I um, have to go? Is there Absolutely. You to ask me? Yeah, I do understand. So, uh, yeah, I wanted you to talk about a bit what you do, the work you do. So with men especially, right? Uh, maybe there's uh, guys in the community who would like to learn about what you do. Maybe you could be of value to them, you know, in their journey as men. What, what kind of stuff do you do for men? So I do... Um, Obviously, I'm on the YouTube channel. Um, I also have Patreon. I also can do coaching with men as well. Um, I have done some coaching. And um, so obviously, I don't know what channels that I'm, I've got two YouTube channels currently for says www.youtube.com forward slash Jordan Henderson one. Um, then that's shorter videos. There'll be there's mainly shorter videos on that. Then there's um, youtube.com forward slash Jordan henderson 87 those are the longer videos i think those that's the channel you probably came across um it's got it's it's got less um subscribers but that, that that's more the longer content um i guess i'll, I'll have to then, put both of them in the description mm -hmm. and then there's patreon as well patreon.com forward slash jordan henderson so for that that's one dollar per month if you want to send a donation which goes towards content creation um cameras um webcam um, video editing software if you pay three dollars per month then that you get a video once a week on a wednesday i've actually just put a video up there where me and someone called adam we discuss various topics about female nature um today i uploaded a video called why women love attention so that's on there now that's three dollars per month. Um, so those are those are the things that are online right now. I've got other stuff as well, but those those are the things that I'll I'll point out on here. Uh, um, and it's you know it's been it's been really good um, being on here talking to you. It's, you know, it's interesting to talk to someone from Africa because um, I haven't actually done that before. Nice. And um, you know, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I'll add all of your, the stuff you just mentioned, the Patreon and the YouTube channels in the description of uh, this episode. Guys, as you can see, Jordan Henderson is a really smart guy, knows a lot about men. Um, he's a man who thinks for himself. Uh, this is why you need to learn more and interact more with his ideas, right? So when I add these links, make sure to check them out and learn as much as you can from him. So uh, thank you very much, Jordan, for being on the show. And uh, yeah, and for the listeners, uh, hope to catch you in the next episode. Bye. Easy.